My name is Scott Challoner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. As regular listeners of our programme will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And as we record this particular podcast on September the 13th, 2022, we mourn the passing of one of our most incredible leaders, Her Late Majesty the Queen, who served our country with such steadfastness and devotion throughout the entirety of her life. And we also say God save the King to our new sovereign, King Charles III, and wish him all the best for his reign. Um, but moving on from that, um, we are joined on today's programme by Joe Spolton, the co-founder and CEO of Rummage, a company which provides a fast and efficient aggregation of the second-hand sector. And this is going to tie in very well with the discussion that we're going to have today about our own habits and about how we are conscious of the impact we are having on the environment and how we can address the climate emergency from a personal point of view. Um, Joe, a very warm welcome to you today and by all means thank you for joining us on the show, it's great having you with us. Thank you very much for having me, it's a pleasure to be here. Likewise, Joe. Pleasure welcoming you on. Now, um, obviously, I've only given a very vague overview of what it is that your company, Rummage, does there. But just for those listeners that might not be familiar with yourself and the business, what would you say it is that you do in your own words, just to start with? Uh, Rummage is a very simple idea. Um, it can it puts all of the secondhand uh, marketplaces into one location, uh, making it really super easy for people to find what they want in the circular economy. Um, fast, efficiently, and basically be successful. Um, it's part of combating a huge global problem that we've now got, um, whereby we're essentially consuming ourselves off the planet that we rely upon and live on. <laughs> At the moment, we're using 1.7 uh, planets worth um, in order to feed our consumption habits, and it's predicted quite scarily by 2030 that we're going to need two planets to feed our consumption habits. So we're here to try and uh, enable people to make a change. And part of this, um, obviously, as you say, is because when people are going out and sort of making their consumer choices, they're always buying newly produced, aren't they, rather than sort of the second-hand side, reusing what's already there and what's in good condition. So when we talk about sort of habits that can, little habits, that is, that can sort of help make an impact, I mean, that's just an example of one of the smaller things that we could certainly look to do. Yes, it is. And I think it's, um, I think uh, there are a couple of issues here um, where um, people are often misinformed about the impact that uh, one person on their own will be able to have on such a, an enormously overwhelming problem um, that we're facing and the environmental conclusion that we're all drawing upon as our, you know, the end of our, um, end of our lifestyle choices. So, I think people find it completely overwhelming to deal with something that on the face of it seems huge where they feel that um, they feel that they won't have any impact. They feel powerless in the face of such a huge problem. Um, but actually what we're here to do is to try and break it down into small steps and persuade people and show them that actually each individual choice that they make during their life and throughout um, their shopping habits and how they live and exist in the world, each single choice actually does add up to create a solution whereby we can all benefit. And I think enabling people to see that they do have an impact, that they are able to affect change, 
um, is is important. And I think many companies are trying to do this for consumers and people around the world in different sectors, but finding it quite difficult um, because changing people's habits is, is hard. It's really difficult. It is, isn't it? And you're absolutely right. Um, people do get kind of sucked into that mentality that it's like, I'm one person, what can I do? But it's it's the cumulative effect, isn't it? When each individual wants to sort of play their own small part. I mean, it's it's the added effect of that that we've, that we've talked about that sort of makes the uh, the big difference. And you raise a very, very valid question there. I mean, it's like the, the problem that we've got here is when it comes to sort of convincing the individual to perhaps change their habits. Um how exactly should we go about doing that? I mean, obviously ministers um, are legally bound in this country to aim for the target of net zero carbon emissions by 2050, for instance. And we've got to be very, very acutely aware of the impact we're having on our planet as individuals in a bid to try and hit that. But um, I suppose it's there are a lot of ethical issues, aren't there, by obviously what you can put in place to try and make people change um, the way that they live their lives. So what you've talked about before is um, do we go about bribing people into doing it by obviously putting incentives there? Do you sort of gamify their lives and put sort of other incentives in to encourage them to do it? Um, what do you think um, and what sort of things could we really consider here to sort of really help people sort of usher toward that sort of lifestyle change, do you think? Well, there is obviously, there's carrots and stick, isn't there, across the industry um, mm. and from the consumer side. And obviously, um, rummage is coming at it from the consumer side. Um, and I think um, I have written a short piece about gamification in order to persuade people to change their consumption habits and mm. look for reuse as the first, the first port of call rather than constantly buying new. Now, the idea that gamification is... Um, is a sort of a solid way of enabling people to see the effects that they can have and enable them to make the right decision without worrying about it too hard is a tried and tested format. And I think it it boils down to um, uh, simplifying simplifying a very complicated and overwhelming message. If you um, if you look at sort of the mental systems that we employ as humans for making decisions. There's the intuitive and the cognitive. Mm. And the intuitive often dominates the mental process to start with. Um, and it, it gives you, you know, your gut reaction, your emotional response to a situation or decision. But the cognitive is where you have to search for your previous experiences of this information. You weigh up the alternatives, the costs and the benefits. Most people try and persuade um change of habits through reasoning, which relies very heavily on the cognitive side. Um, but I would argue that actually the cognitive side is a very slow way to make a mental um, decision because it involves literally switching off to the message and going back through your mind and looking for previous data similarities and searching points. So if you were to make the process similar and increase the sort of cognitive fluency um, which is about repetition, building good habits, and you simplify the message so that people are enticed into wanting to repeat it through a simple gamification method, you're more likely to engage a user to, one, repeat the process, and two, derive satisfaction from success when they achieve the end goal. So if you were mm. to look at the differences of um, 
um, the differences of user demographics now and how they consume news and live life and engage with the world. The younger generation are far more on digital devices. News is consumed, 15% of um, TikTok users consume news solely by TikTok. They're interested and used to looking at um, devices on their mobile that give them information that uh, put life into bite-sized actions and chunks that are more easily to digest. Um, so therefore, if you take that theory and you put it onto um, a platform that is trying to encourage habit changing, which we are, alongside many other um, companies out there, then you need to work out a framework which is engaging for the user and it enables some kind of, I hate to say the word, but sort of infantilizing of a very large and scary problem. It needs to be removed from being uh, mm. the news fatigue, which is what we're all witnessing at the moment. Post-COVID and now with the war in Ukraine and the recession looming, um, many people are now switching off the news. They can't deal with mm. it any longer. Um, in the last five years, I think it's um, the UK um, people who have now um, employed self-limiting of news is up to 46%. It's too overwhelming and it's depressing their mood. It's removing the joy from life because it's too powerful. So by turning mm. something around and making it... Um, more more joyful as a, as a habit, then I think, you know, you're on a winner because if you keep battering the same nail and say, it's all doom and gloom, the planet's going to go pop, we can't continue as we are, people are literally just switching off to it. So, you know, whether you decide to tokenize um, with a fictitious currency, um, good habits, which is one method, so you can invent a currency you can partner out with other companies whereby if users do a positive action on your product, on your platform, then your users gain the ability to acquire value from a partnering company that also is doing impactful work. That's a really sound way to encourage users to change their habits. I think you've um, sort of outlined um, a few very important points there. I mean, I think obviously the one about fear there and like obviously using the news and using the doom and gloom message as sort of the tool of choice to try to convince people, sort of empower them, push them into making change. I think you are right, given everything that the news is filled with these days, that just isn't going to resonate with people anymore. So you almost need to take that sort of new sort of tokenized approach that you talk about. And it's sort of, it reminds me of something, I don't know if you're familiar with the Netflix series Black Mirror, but it reminds me of an episode of that where there are lots of people in a facility on essentially exercise bikes. They are constantly pedaling to create electrical energy and for every single time that they pedal, they're racking up tokens as well that they can use to obviously go and spend on various bits and pieces like food and things like that. So I think with something like that of course that is of course quite an extreme sort of portrayal of the situation but I do think you are right there is perhaps some merit um, in perhaps taking that approach and using incentives to perhaps encourage people to change their habits maybe just choose to cycle to work rather than use a car or a bus for instance. Yeah I do I agree completely I think um, anything that enables the removal of uh, real life from your actions, which sounds a little bit peculiar, but actually I think the the people are very keen to escape. We used to escape into books 
or we used to escape into um, a great TV series. Um, but I think nowadays people are escaping more into their mobile phones. Mm. Um, they escape into different realms and different worlds, and it's going to get even more um, acute when the metaverse appears, and we literally could end up living less physically but much more inside the web. And I think that that is, um, that's an interesting conundrum to be facing because we're still physical beings on the planet, we're still generating an impact, how we travel, how we shop, what food we eat, what clothes we buy, um, and how much electricity we consume and our power drain on the planet. Um, but we, we could end up living in a very virtual world with virtual interactions, but our impact is still the same. So I think the gamification idea is probably quite akin to the way lots of the younger generation are looking towards life becoming. And I think it will be actually easier to communicate change through that medium rather than the reality. Because I think, as I say, the reality is, is too difficult and too scary to comprehend for many. Um, so I think it's a fascinating world that we're walking towards. I'm in two minds as to whether it's the right thing to do because I firmly believe that actually we're facing such a serious problem it should be taken seriously. But I, I recognize that actually that that doesn't necessarily work. It doesn't generate the same response, the same reaction, and the same repetitious behavior, which is what we're looking to encourage. We need to encourage huge change amongst people's habits and how they how they value life and how they live on the world, how they live in the planet. And that's only going to come about by communicating in a way that, um, that they respond to. And I think creating games and making things accessible on your mobile phone where you can interact socially with real businesses and other people, but it becomes a more humorous, light-hearted way mm. of achieving success is probably going to get a better, better outcome. I think that's very right because you're almost framing it in a way where there isn't going to be too much upheaval to the daily lives of people, is there? They're going to almost be changing their habits without realising that that's what they're doing. Um, and I think the, the approach that we've seen already of like you know using platforms such as the news to sort of push out these extreme stories and also like trying to kind of map out um, through sort of different regulations and different laws that, oh, this is now what you need to do to be more sustainable. I think I think we need to be moving away from that. We need to be moving away from the methods that are going to be sort of interfering too greatly in the daily lives of people um, for something softer, but it's going to be ultimately much more impactful. Yeah, a lot of it is about the lens through which you look at a problem and a mm. solution as well. Um, so, um, you know, the, the sort of the stick approach taken from on high with regulation and laws about consumption habits, etc., um, is definitely part of the solution that we need. But actually, I think um, changing the perception of uh, of the of the end result is exactly the way to start to make it seem the right thing to do and weird if you don't. So it's about um, for us, we are removing the stigma of secondhand. Now, in the news recently, we've got an awful lot of very powerful change makers who are helping this um, reversal of image. So eBay um, now sponsor Love Island, for example. So if you, I don't know if you watch that, but um, all of the contestants now are dressed in secondhand clothes, which is fantastic. 
because they are huge icons that lead style with enormous following. They're leading the way towards making it seem the thing to do, make it seem cool and trendy and you can be an individual. So they're showing how it's positive rather than a negative. It used to be seen as something that was stigmatized. Mm. It was secondhand, you were poor, but they've changed the framework. And similarly, Tessa Clark with Olio, um, the food waste um, app, has managed to swap the focus of um, from food waste being, uh, swap the focus of food poverty away from the people who are in personal need. And she flipped it around and focused on the food waste issue to connect people who need with those that have excess. And that was a really clever way of realigning the framework of which you view a problem. And I think it took the pressure off the people who were in need and focused on the people that were creating an issue. And it, it works. It's brilliant because it's now it's now part of life. It's no longer seen as something to be scurried away from. It's something that is just there. It is solving a problem but it happens to solve a personal problem for many families as well. Um, but it's done on a very good, very upbeat, very trendy, very normalized platform. And I think normalization through innovative design in tech is the way forward to making people feel that it is just life. This is just how it is. And the change is mm. just happening. And if you don't jump on board, you're going to be left behind. Yes, certainly. And you make a great point as well about kind of using influencers to push this as well, because influencer culture does come under fire an awful lot because, you know, people are aspiring to be celebrities to the degree where, you know, they're perhaps developing unhealthy mental health um, and also different habits that aren't obviously going to be um, sort of conducive to um, a positive way of living. But you can flip that around and you can use them, as you say, to sort of promote these values, promote using secondhand, promote different habits that are going to be um, essentially good for the planet because I mean people do aspire to be these people and we have to start to sort of harness that in a positive light now. Yeah, we do. And I think it's um, you have to be fairly um, agile and nimble in how quickly society is changing. And the younger generations, the millennials and the Gen Z are, who are coming through are carrying this change of um, lifestyle with them. And um, for them, they are much more driven by purpose. They're much more likely to align themselves with brands that have purpose that are um, operating for an impact and are more likely to do good in the world than bad. And they are more likely to be loyal to a brand if they are active and engaged permanently because the way that the younger generations communicate is frequent and in shorter bite-sized amounts. So if you're wanting to influence the future of how we live in the country, and around the world, then we've got to we've got to go with what's coming through. And if it means that we need to have huge um, visual presence or in bite-sized chunks on platforms, huge social media platforms, rather than big research papers and big mm. weighty Sunday Sunday newspaper articles, then we need to be agile enough to flip it, because otherwise our audience is diminishing. So to keep going with the majority of the consumers who are growing now we need to work with how they communicate the platforms that they like and the methods that they would much rather employ 
Exactly right. Plenty of food for thought there for everybody tuning into this particular podcast uh, for certain. And um, it's unfortunate, Joe, that our time on the show is uh, beginning to uh, draw to its close now because it's been a thoroughly um, enjoyable uh, discussion. I've really enjoyed having you uh, with us on the uh, the programme today. But just before we do sort of wrap up on the uh, the show, over the uh, the next 12 months, just talking about what we've, what we've discussed uh, regarding uh, people's habits today and also uh, what your business is doing, what are you sort of hoping um, to achieve in the uh, the next 12 months, would you say? In the next 12 months, uh, we're growing, growing rummage. We've got um, a new way of, <laughs> to follow what I've just said, to practice what I preach, we've got a new method in the pipeline of delivering results for the younger generation, um, how they operate in the world. Um, they would all like it now. Um, and the slow the slow way of living of second hand is, um, is there. We're looking to change the way that we deliver the results to enable us to give our users exactly what they want and the format in which they want it. That's what we're looking to do. We're just going to make it easier to access all of the new reuse models that are mushrooming up everywhere in response to the climate crisis. It's going to be very exciting over the next year. Absolutely fantastic. And I'd love to sort of catch up with you on the programme over the year, the next uh, few months, just to see how it's all coming together for you, Joe, because we're in a constant state of flux with this issue that we're discussing, aren't we? So let's see how we uh, we progress. And uh, for those uh, tuning into the programme today who might be interested in uh, looking a little bit more into uh, these issues, um, Rummage, um, they have their own website. That's rummage with one M.com, a good port of call. Um, and also, if you do want to uh, read uh, Joe's piece on the uh, sort of gamification of uh, people's habits and uh, change that for the uh, the benefit of uh, the planet then you can find that at uh, joespolton.medium.com um joe again thanks ever so much for taking the time to join us and by all means do take care and stay safe with all that's still going on thank you and to everybody tuning into the podcast today if you want to sort of leave a comment um, and have been affected by the issues that we've discussed then please do uh, do so via leaders council or oneword.co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us or you can also apply to be on the program to share your own story via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply and it could be you sat next to me next time on the show um, for now this has been the leaders council podcast and i've been your host scott challenger today please do take care all and goodbye